You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndre. We're here with Bill Goldberg calling in again. And we got our buddy Alistair Weaver from Edmunds.com in the studio. And before we get started, I want to tell you guys about a few things. CarCast is brought to you by Zybar for better engine performance, horsepower, fuel economy, and lower underhood temperatures. Zybar is an ultra-thin, high-temperature coating that reduces radiant heat by 90%. Put Zybar on, take heat off. You can learn more at Zycoat.com. That's Z-Y-C-O-A-T.com. And of course, Geico. Save some money on car insurance. Go to Geico.com and uh, check out Wrangler. Check out their great selection of jeans, shirts, pants, outerwear for men and women. Go to Wrangler.com. All right. Now, you buy a pair of those jeans yet, for God's sakes. <laughs> I don't have I don't have any of the the Wranglers yet. They should send me some Wranglers. I'll I'll wear those. Um, Come on, man, you got to help out the sponsors. That's what I'm represent. saying. I'll, I'll I'll wear them. I'm a, I'm kind of a jeans guy. That's Adam Kroll's formal wait. wear. I by can't the way. wait to see you in a pair of jeans and go. Yeah, jeans are Adam's formal wear. It's kind of like he's like sport coat and jeans. I got this. I kind of do the same thing. Now. It's the Tokyo it, Clarkson yeah. look, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's we could, it's. We could do that. It's all the question right. is, is that, okay, Alistair, you can ask answer this. Is that an American thing or is that kind of worldwide? Jeans or Wranglers? No, jacket and jeans. Jacket no, and jeans. jeans actually, jacket and jeans. Do you know who invented jacket and jeans? I think that was Jeremy Clarkson on the early days of Top Gear. <laughs> Jeremy Clarkson. And he oh, became, come on. He give was, me a break. <laughs> and he became, but over here I discovered that it's called a sport coat. It is called a sport coat. Sport coat. Because yeah. um, I went into a store and the guy says, what you need is a sport coat. Yeah. And I thought, I really don't. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, I think that began on Top Gear. It's the sort of informal, a bit like a mullet, isn't it? Sort of formal and yeah. formal and informal simultaneously. Speaking of Jeremy Clarkson, uh, yeah. I, he's been posting to uh, Instagram and I guess he's on vacation. Is I think that's his wife. It's like this pretty girlfriend, blonde girlfriend, I think. Yeah. Girlfriend? Did you see that yeah. picture this morning? Yeah, yeah I was I, like, way out of his league. I don't care how much money he's making, way out of his league. Like, he must get up in the morning look at her and go i gotta i gotta lose some lbs man like he's just gotta feel bad about himself a little bit this is way beyond like i don't know what's going on there in in england but that's that's the american dream right is is the six foot blonde that is way out of his league so i don't know what's good for him <laughs> i guess he's living the dream yeah living the dream guys thank you so much for uh for this past weekend for sunday we had our 10th anniversary car show event um it was fantastic over 800 people showed up uh throughout the day for all of our events the screening was sold out the uh the uh, the Adam Carolla show was sold out. The car show looked fantastic. Alistair was there. He brought his 993. I did. Right? Fresh and new. Fresh and new. Picked it up on Saturday. Brought it to the car car show on Sunday. There you go. There you looked go. great. Uh, you got to catch up with your friend uh, uh, Mike Brewer from Wheeler Dealers. You guys did a show back together back in the day. We did a show in the UK about 12 years ago on TV show. And I actually did my screen test in, in Mike Brewer's uh, front garden. I walked out of his front door. My, my first TV appearance was yeah. walking out of Mike's front door, uh, and thing, which was great. They're, they're, a, they're a lovely family, and I've known them a long time and, and skied with them a few times so as well. They're, they're, um, they're a great bunch. Really it nice was great to see them, to see them out there. Um, uh, Jeff Dunham came out. He brought, uh, he brought a 4GT, brand-new 4GT, only has 100 miles on it. He had it custom-painted purple, and this is what's interesting, Bill, is – 
is he bought, he ordered a while ago, years ago, a Dodge Viper ACR. And he went through the whole process of finding the right color purple uh, that he wanted on this thing so he can get a purple ACR. And when it came time to do his 4 GT, he just said, oh, I want to do it purple. And he just pulled the color code off of it. So his his Dodge ACR purple is what's on his his 4 GT. So we filmed some stuff with him, and uh, it was it was great. We had fun with him. And, uh, of course, Jay Leno, thanks to Jay. Jay uh, brought a Jensen out, and uh, uh, he was in head-to-toe denim, and he looked great. And he jumped up on stage and did sort of the opening ceremonies with us, which uh, we appreciated. And He's the only guy that can do double denim well. Isn't yeah, he? right? He just – that's it. And we ask him all the time, why do you wear the denim all the time? And he says, well, I film so many different things, and when they need to pick up a shot, I'm always wearing the same thing. It's good. I just walk in and just like, hey, Jay, we need to redo this. He's like, okay, just do it. That's his that's – his, rationale but also maybe he loves denim i don't know uh, but uh it, it makes good. sense i gotta tell you it was a it was a good event thanks for everybody that showed up uh some of the comments that i got were what a great mix of cars usually when there's like a peterson event it's like it's the ferrari stuff or the you know a muscle car thing or a porsche thing and this is such a great mix of cars and and uh and we picked uh adam and i picked um our our favorites, and then we issued a best of show, and uh, and then there was a People's Choice Award, and the People's Choice Award was that orange Chevy Blazer, which I think was similar to yours, but it was like a seventy, not a sixty nine, um, yeah. and it looked uh, it looked pretty cool. I picked a Datsun five ten drift car because I just love the amount of work that these guys put in there. No real, you know, just just made it as functional as can be in, into a wacky drift car. You didn't even know it was a Datsun 510. Um, I believe Adam picked a wagon. I don't remember which wagon it was. And then uh, the best of show was it was a, was a Porsche. Just really, really done to the nines, uh, an older Porsche. I want to say 70s-ish Porsche, that red one. Do you know which I liked? Probably none of those. Do you see the Honda Beat there? Yes. So this was, for those people who have never heard of a Honda Beat, and why would you? This was a, called a Japanese K-car, which back in the early 90s, Japan had to, they for tax reasons, they rest, they restricted these cars to, to a certain dimension. So you get these tiny little cars. But a lot of the, <laughs> um, a lot of the manufacturers started to have fun with it, and the Honda Beat was, was an example of this. So it's these tiny little, so if you imagine a, a Mazda Miata uh-huh. and uh, to about half scale, <laughs> um, it must be absolutely terrifying on the streets of LA. And he I'm was sure. sat next to an Acura NSX, and it just looked fantastic. I love the eccentricity. And the guy, the guy with it had a had a great shirt and everything else. He was he was loving it. I, it it's it's funny you mention that. I was riding a years ago. I was riding with a buddy of mine. He's got a Ford Excursion, you know, big truck, and uh, the Fiat 500 was coming out. And we're driving next to it. We're in this big excursion. This little Fiat 500 rolls up next to us. Sounds like. I go, hey, look, it's the new Fiat 500. It's just a little speck of a car just sitting next to us. He looks down and he goes, I don't trust a car that I can hug. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually got it here, Matt. I've looked it up. The length of the, the length of beat had to be under 130 inches long. Wow. The entire length of the car. And this was a mid-engine two-seater sports car. It's fantastic. I don't think Bill would fit in one, but I remember you were, you tried, you were doing something. You were filming a pilot or something for a show, and you tried to flip a, a – a Fiat 500, right? No, it was a it was a smart car. Smart car. The, uh, yeah. the final the final uh, 
the final call for uh, Top Gear, American Top Gear, years ago. Mm-hmm. It was uh, Exhibit and I, and there was a S65 uh, Mercedes or a smart car to take around the track and commentate. And I, I, I you know, I, I like Exhibit, and so I gave him the opportunity to drive the twin turbo, and I wanted to flip the smart car, and unfortunately, it wouldn't flip. They put an anti-roll device in it the year before, so... He's just uh, he's just trying no to much, jack no the wheel on that thing, trying to get that thing to flip over. <laughs> while he's driving. I would think if you just picked it, it up, it would Bill. be great TV, right? <laughs> it would. <laughs> he's deliberately trying to hurt I'm, himself with this thing. I took well, I took one of those the Arctic ones as a story for Top Gear. Did you really? Yeah, we drove it from the Arctic Circle all the way to the far north of Sweden uh, of, Nor- of Norway. <laughs> <laughs> Oh wow! I don't even. I I. I just, I don't know where to yeah, begin. I don't know. It's a great shot, actually. In top, this is going back ten years in top, in, in top Gear, where we had eight huskies, um, eight huskies tied to the front of the, the smart trying to pull it. Did it work? Uh, ish. Ish. <laughs> it was. It was stopping. Was the big problem. It wasn't going. It was stopping. That was the issue. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Um, all right. So I want to talk. Uh, I just want to get a quick update on some of Bill's cars, and we, maybe we can talk a little bit about what uh, what happened over at Geneva Auto Show. I don't know if it's all just concept cars that were cool, or, or an actual any production cars cool. So maybe we'll get into that um, first. Uh, I'll tell you guys a little bit more about Zybar. Our friends at Zybar they came out to the uh, came out to the event. Our friend Tim came out there and had a good time talking with him as well. Zybar is the revolutionary new DIY high temperature coating in a resin polymer formula that reduces heat by ninety percent at a cost about one third of ceramic coating. So where did this technology from Zybar come from? Well, not surprisingly, the technology was developed in the aerospace industry where it's used to coat jet engines and other aircraft parts where surface temps can exceed 1,800 degrees. So don't think of this as some kind of insulation. Coating the parts with this special formulation increases the rate at which hot gases pass through them. This effect drastically lowers surface temperature and allows a tranche of fresh air in the cylinder quickly. In an airplane engine, this prevents these extremely hot parts from catching the plane on fire. That's kind of important when you're flying. Yeah. Avoid fire and death. <laughs> in your car, That's quite coating topical your at the moment as well. <laughs> right? In your car, coating your headers, manifolds and exhaust with Zybar increases horsepower and performance. This process is also often referred to as scavenging. We know that you guys heard us talk about that. We talk about header lengths and things like that. This is all part of that. As a CarCast subscriber, you'll receive a 15% discount plus free shipping on all online orders. Just enter promo code CarCast when you make a purchase at Zycoat.com. So check that out. Go to Zycoat.com, Z-Y-C-O-A-T.com. Use promo code CARCAST and get 15% off along with free shipping. All right. Uh, Bill, last week we talked about we talked about uh, getting the drag race set of uh, wheels and tires for your uh, – for your car, and then uh, we're going to be gearing up to go out to the Dodge event. I did speak to the Dodge guys a little bit, and uh, they said, yes, come out, do some driving. And I said, well, we want to get into a couple of those uh, Challenger 1320s and go head-to-head. And they said, yeah, we, we think we can make that happen. And uh, I'm waiting Hopefully for Hopefully their... that'll be Saturday. Yes. Yes. It will. It'll be it'll... <laughs> Mr. Goldberg is not going to be there for the three-day period. You know, the 
we got a procession of cars going up, man. Let's, let's shoot for Saturday for sure. I got to talk to John today on the phone, and uh, those guys are great, man. They're they're uh, I'm, I let the cat out of the bag a little bit, but they're they're going to recreate Muscleville, man. So it's going to be uh, a pretty cool deal. It's going to be uh, kind of a, a, a recreation of the commercials. So um, nice. It'll be there's good. a lot of fun stuff happening. You know uh, the uh, the Speed Core. Evolution Charger is going to be there now too. Oh, really? So, uh, yeah, every day they're getting uh, more and more added to the docket, man. It's uh, it's going to be awesome. Let me backtrack for a second and yeah. apologize to you and everybody else about not making it to the event. Um, unfortunately, at my accelerated age of fifty-two, I find myself as a father and a husband, <laughs> and with a trip with a triple header baseball. Uh, day uh, on my plate on Sunday, I found it almost, or I, I did find it impossible to make it up there. So I do apologize. It sounds like you guys had one hell of a time, and uh, it's something that I, I regret missing. But duty calls, man. No, understood. Uh, um, it's it's all good, and uh, we we had uh, like we said, we had a great time. It was sort of our first one. We were kind of just kind of getting a feel for it, and we're going to do more. And I'm going to pitch this idea to you guys: is we want to do an annual thing at at the Peterson, um, which is which is great. However, I'm trying to get a version of this going where it's kind of a two day event where maybe Vegas where. Uh, we work with one of the casinos. Um, Adam's done live shows uh, there I'm before. In, I'm in. Okay, we we go out there. We do live car cast shows and ACS stuff at one of the casinos, and then the next day we do our car show at like Pahrump or Vegas Speedway, and then do a track day as well, and have people come out and 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 throw some cars around the track. So we're going to try to do sort of a weekend thing, and and we'll be able to to work with one of the uh, one of the casinos, and they'll sell a package. You want rooms? You want tickets to the show? You want track day stuff? We're going to go out there. We'll film some stuff. So I'm kind of hoping we can get one of those in the books as well, and. Uh, I'd, but but now like maybe we're just getting a little ahead of ourselves because we had like a good weekend. It was a lot of work, and now we're like, hey, we could do this bigger and better. I was like, I don't know if we want to get into the event business, but I do like the idea of a track day, and I think Vegas is a better place to do it than let's say have a show here in L.A. Then we all drive out in the middle of nowhere to do Willow Springs. I think I think Vegas would be the more fun version of that, and uh, in which case. Um, we, we'll definitely put something together, and uh, and Bill will come out. We'll hit the track. We'll do some live show stuff, and, and we'll make it a fun kind of a, a event. So that's kind of what we're thinking. That's our fantasy is to do that. All we got to do is get Dodge like to pay for to it. Me. <laughs> we just got to get Dodge to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be happy to drive a Charger up or something. Like <laughs> right? Just, yeah, yeah bring, bring something up. Um, so uh, – yeah, I'm surprised the the speed core car is going to be done. It looked like they were getting a lot of work on done on it, but also it's far away. So not only do they got to finish it, they got to haul it out there. And I guess they're going to just bring it and put it on display. You probably won't even see it till it gets there, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know what's going to happen with it. I mean, truth be told, uh, if it's not there, I'm not going to cry uh, a river by any stretch because, like you said. Um, if people are watching my Instagram, I'm putting updates on kind of as they happen. So, uh, the, the front fenders haven't been put on yet. The, the, uh, the hood hasn't been installed. You know, there are a number of things that need to be done, but with the, uh, this is like a full carbon rebound. He gave me a two, he gave me a two week out. 
So I assumed that the thing was going straight to Springfest, but you never know. It may show up there. It may not. Um, it may show up. It's going to Burbank first. So it may show up at your house or something. So yeah, bring um, it on over here. You know, I, I can't wait to get this car, man. This has been kind of a, uh, a sordid tale, uh, a storied life of the car. You know, it went out to, to, Carolina and things didn't work out there on it. And, uh, it went straight from, uh, Mooresville to Wisconsin in a matter of 24 hours. And man, I'm telling you, those guys got to work on it immediately. And the things that they're doing in a two week period of time are astounding. Um, just greatly appreciative of, uh, all those guys, Dave over there, uh, at speed Corps. those guys are, they're fantastic. Well, we'd love to see it. It'd be cool if it came out to the event. It certainly wouldn't be surprising that if they were able to bring it out to the event, they'd probably have to load it up and bring it back so they can kind of finish and nip and tuck a few things. I, it seems very unlikely they'd bring it out and then you get to take it home. That seems a little fast. <laughs> you never, you never know, man. Yeah. Those guys are working, uh, working quick. So, I mean. Like I said, I, I'm not going to be disappointed. It, it's something that I've been waiting to get done for a while. You know, it was incomplete at SEMA. And, uh, you know, six months afterwards, we're uh, hoping that it's going to it's gonna be finished here soon. Yeah. But, hey, man, I get to go to Scottsdale tomorrow, and guess where I'm going to go uh, about 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon? I know we've been talking about it. You're going to go hit up the uh, Bondurant School. Oh, no. I'm hitting that Friday morning. Okay. Tomorrow afternoon. I'm oh. going to hug my. I'm going yeah. to hug the lawman. You got to go see uh, Marcus Angel. Does he know you're coming? Please don't tell him. Yes. <laughs> I already, yeah, I already did. I, I, I let him know yesterday. Oh, you did? About late notice. Yeah, but, he's probably you know, mopping the floors and all that. He's trying to get his stuff going. Uh, I can't do that, man. I, all I can tell you is I'm so excited. I saw the first coat of paint going on on that car, and uh, man, we're we're we're. I, I'm not going to say we're headed down the home stretch, but uh, that's that's a very positive sight to see have you been over to his place yet i have not i cannot wait to go it's it's cool it's funky cool he in, in arizona like you can you can get some property and there's actually neighborhoods that have giant garages and stuff like i don't know if his was built specifically but there's like all through phoenix and glendale you can actually there's areas there's communities where you could buy the house, and there's a giant garage for like to store motorhomes and stuff in it. So, like if you're if you're into that, you can just there's like neighborhoods you can just go back there. So his he's got his house and he's got a giant garage, and his shop, his whole business is in is in his backyard. And uh, wow. I, I his looks like he kind of built it that way. It wasn't really sort of one of the neighborhood things. But when I bought my '93 Cobra and I bought the red car, I was in Phoenix and I drove I think like out to the, somewhere in the Glendale area. And it was just a neighborhood of of just houses, and every house had like a double tall, extra long garage in it, and it had like a like a two car garage door for the normal size, and then next it was the giant garage door for the motorhome, and you could just park it in there. And everybody just had like everybody just had like shops and cars and bikes and, and all kinds of stuff in there, and just like everyone in the neighborhood did, you know. There or kids Sounds just like- had like trampolines in there, and just like it's cool. It was just fantastic. <laughs> I remember doing a job down there once at Ford's got a proving ground around there, like a big test facility. I think they do. But it's just brutal because in the summer, I mean, he's there because it's extreme. You're right, Bill. It's, it's extreme. Um, <laughs> yeah, over. Sorry, I dropped my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I think it fell over. <laughs> and it's all be there because for extreme testing. But That's my it. God, it's brutal. It's got. It's like brutal. you just stand there and fry for for five yeah. minutes. Well, I I I went to the Bondurant School years ago in the summer, and and that's a pain in the ass. So. Uh, 
Um, that's going to be exciting. Oh yeah, Jesus, it's 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 it was ridiculous. Um, and uh, uh, Bob Bonner was driving a Brabus smart car. Oh, that's cool. And he got pulled over by a cop, and uh, the cop looks at his ID and he's like, "You're the Bonner guy." He's like, "Yeah," <laughs> and he goes. Nice car. And like gave back his license and just let him go. <laughs> just let him go. All right. So you're going to go hit up Marcus Angel, check in on the lawman, take some pictures for sure. Give us an update next week. You're going to go to Bondurant School. You're going to do some drag racing. Um, that's going to be fantastic as well. Uh, let's get into some car show stuff. We're going to have to give up this studio in a little bit because we've got uh, – Another crew lining up outside the door, but uh, first let me hey, tell you Alistair, about- Alistair, what can you tell us about the new Fisker? Oh, Fisker! Oh, well, yeah, you think you, of that. You guys see that? They got a. They, they're coming out with an all electric car for forty grand. Yeah, so it, uh, isn't everybody right? All right, you hold that thought. I'm going to tell you guys about Geico first. Everybody's got a to-do list. You drop off dry cleaning, you pick up some milk, and now you can add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance to that list. And you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. You just go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. So if you want some extra money in your pocket, this is the most rewarding to-do you can do today. Check out Geico.com. All right. So what's going on? What was happening? First of all, yeah, what's going on with Fisker? I, I love how, by the way, Tesla, you know, I, I pick on Tesla. It's kind of my thing. But uh, they were like $35,000 Model 3. Then it didn't happen. Then they came back and then it happened. And then they're saying, yeah, but we're closing stores and we're raising all our prices. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, well what, it was interesting if you follow it. And we, we follow uh, Tesla pretty closely. Oh, no, you do. Yeah, exactly. I, do you know what I get? Uh, I know you get some abuse. Everybody gets some, some abuse on Twitter and everything. But I yeah. now have. If I, I published something on, on the weekend back in the UK as talking about our Edmunds experience in the Sunday mm-hmm. Times, which is a huge newspaper in the UK. And I started getting some some abuse on Twitter about how bad a piece it was and everything else. I mean, it's extraordinary. These people don't necessarily work for the company. They're just these sort of intense intense fanboys. I mean, I find it extraordinary that you can build this kind of cult around a, a car brand. Tesla is announcing uh, tomorrow night the Model Y, which is yeah. an SUV. So this is this will sit below the X, so kind of between the three, which is obviously a sedan, and the X, which is the the big, is it, it going to be based on the three platform? Yeah, pretty, it's just going to be like that, a an that, SUV version of the three. That's sure, what, makes that's sense what, financially. They should do it that way. It totally makes sense because you know the whole market is dominated by SUVs. So this will go up against the EQC, the Mercedes, the mm-hmm. Audi e-tron. So it makes a it makes a lot of sense for them, and, and there'll be no doubt a lot of a lot of buzz around that. Yeah, I again, I, I like what it represents. I hope that. It goes well, but there's still some growing pains for a company that's raised so much money. Well, I was up in Indian Wells just on a two-day day, two day vacation, and it had the sign on the door of the, the Tesla dealership that said, you know, we're now selling online. And all the cars were sat there, the lights were off, and people were standing in the street looking at it. Yeah, And then they came out with a press release about a few days ago that said, actually, we're not now closing the dealerships, and well, or as many. And, oh, by the yeah, way, you know, because of that... We're putting prices up by three percent, but not on a thirty-five thousand dollar car. And it's almost <laughs> like they're making up policy on the hoof. It's it's an extraordinary way to yeah. run what is now a, a big business. Um, and we were just looking at this, thinking, what 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 is really going on? And apparently, a lot of it is to do with the leases. So what they've done? So we're going to we're going to shut the deal. You saw it before. And, I, and people say, hang on a minute, you got a three year lease, you got a five year lease, a ten year yeah. lease on this property. So it's oh God, okay. So uh, we can't do that. Let's just put prices up. I mean, it's. 
I, I get a lot of abuse, this sort of thing, but it, it, it's mad. I mean, the, we're kind of supportive of this. I like what it represents. I like a lot of what they do. They like to, you know, to think differently and to, to challenge the kind of paradigms that have existed for the last hundred years, and that's great. But they, they do do some things which I, I just think are very, very it, odd. I, for, I, for, for, from a consumer perspective, it's just a strange I question thing the things on the business side of it. Like somebody, whoever the CFO, the finance guys over there said, let's sell online, let's – Let's cancel all of our stores. But they didn't think, what about all the leases? What about all of the commitments we've made to the commercial properties? Like, so then they had to backtrack. Is like, come on, be, be better than this. You're a public company. Let's- There's also some issues around this thing. 80% of cars are bought online. Well, they sort of are and they're not because even if you go into a dealership, mm-hmm. a lot of people go in the dealership, then they'll buy it online. So it's never as – it's never as clear cut as that, and it's something that we're wrestling with as well. Because you can now buy cars. Uh, we, we're starting to sell cars through, through Edmund. Still goes through a dealer, but mm-hmm. basically do the whole thing through the through the site. And it's a big issue, not least because do people want to go in and sit in them, and then do want to test drive them, and how you kind of wrestle with that. Yeah. And they're solving it in the way to say, but like the mattress companies, you know, we'll give you the car if you don't like it, hand it back, and and that seems to be the way forward. And it always amazes me how many people are willing to buy a car without ever sort of sitting in it or driving it, and because. Well, the dealers, I, it's it's a tough business model for them. But but now you're right. Now it's like I can go to the dealers and uh, and test drive a few cars and then go home and then go online and buy it. Yeah, and probably right. and arguably get a and, and you know and, what we're working towards get a better deal. Get a better deal. Come and, to Edmonds, you get a better deal. And, right? so, and I and then I feel like I'm controlling the process. I don't feel like I just hate like when they sit there and I go, uh, the car's thirty five grand. Okay, yeah, I you know. For, I say it's 32, and then they go, well, how much do you want to pay a month? I'm like, that's not the conversation we're in. Yeah. You know, I don't, don't, don't come to me with that, how much you're going to pay a month kind of thing. Like, that's just your weird sort of slide of hand that I don't want to, I don't want to get into. But, um, uh, Bill, you mentioned Fisker, and, uh, that brings up an interesting point. We've had, uh, Henrik Fisker here on the show and a charming fellow, smart guy. And uh, and and endearing, like you want to hear him, you're like you're kind of mesmerizing the ideas and what he's saying. Um, but now I'm just kind of confused on the the different companies. There's like his company, and then some somebody bought Fisker, and then I don't know if he's making cars or not making cars, or is he making gas engine cars or electric cars? And it, they kind of like he he created a car company called Fisker Automotive, and and then. Things went poorly, and then things got sold off. And along with that, often goes with like the name and the trademarks of things. So um, now I don't know who's making what. <laughs> it, it, to be honest, it's the same with like Faraday Future went down, and then suddenly Byton exists, and you know there's a yeah. lot of parallels, but you know and similarities in even in people between those two. So. Yeah, it's it's hard to find. I remember meeting Henrik when he was uh, at Aston Martin. He took over from Ian Callum as the chief designer of Aston Martin. Mm-hmm. And it's always a kind of strange thing where designers end up running companies, isn't it? It's a yeah. bit like they, what's the lunatics in charge of the asylum, I think. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a little bit that, yeah. It's a little bit of that. So I, I don't know the breakdown of it. Maybe we'll do a little more research and, and get more answers about it. But uh, it'd be interesting to to uh, to find out. Um, okay, let's say we, we've got about uh, – Oh, we've got a, a few minutes left. What's did you get out to Geneva Motor Show? Do you know what? It's the first one in twenty years that I haven't been to. Well, um, you're American now, so I'm American now you can you can tell. Yeah, um, it <laughs> you was came here and you bought a Porsche like every other American in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and stopped going to the Geneva Motor Show. Well, I, I was missing. I just you sent so your people. You I sent your team. I sent my sent my people. Um, yeah, so we had we had people on the ground there. 
It's an interesting show. Have you, have you ever been? I've never been, no. So it's it, – I mean, Europe has two big all-day shows. It has Geneva in March and then Paris and Frankfurt alternate mm-hmm. in, in September, October. And, you know, it's always that kind – of, it, it's always quite high-end. I mean, Geneva is the place to go to buy a hugely expensive watch and to do some banking and all the rest of it. So yeah. uh, And the motor show kind of reflects that. And this year was was strange to me looking at it. Normally, there's a sprinkling of what you might call, you know, every everyday normal cars. This year, it was either um, electric, and we saw a lot of uh, a lot of electric concepts. This is this is coming thick and fast. But then it was just hypercar after hypercar after hypercar. Yeah. Um, you know, we had this twelve and a half million dollar one-off Bugatti. We had the Pininfarina uh, Batista, which has got they say eighteen hundred and seventy-four horsepower. It's electric. You've then got Aston Martin seemed to show off a whole bunch of cars. I mean, the Vanquish vision looks amazing. Yeah. But it's it's a strange world, isn't it? Where I mean, I like hypercars. I like the fantasy of it. And I was the kid that put the picture on the wall and all the rest of it. But it's almost too much now. You know, it's like, where's the, where are the, where the, real, the real cars? You know? Yeah. And also, who need 1,800 horsepower? You know? Yeah. You, I mean, you know, it's like, but you can't put 700 on the ground why, if you're not careful. Why does a company like Pine and Farina make their own car like that they were a design house for so long and now they've got this automotive division like are they just trying to make some money or what what's the point what's well, the know, business model for it i know some of the guys who've actually ended up like one one of them uh Danko looks after a lot of their comms came from uh came from Jay, jaguar land rover and name, name well it's it's I think it all comes back to the whole electrification thing that it's just become easier to do. So they've taken a, a motor from Rimac, yeah. which made famous when Richard Hammond crashed one and nearly, nearly yes, killed himself. But, uh, but but that, I'm not don't think that was necessarily Rimac's fault. But they were, you know, they they've a great company, great technology, and so Rimac provide the motor. Pininfarina obviously knows how to to style a car, and then you can just outsource. We talked about this before. You outsource all the components, put the put them all together, and suddenly, well, hey, you've got you've got your own supercar. So. It's it's just become easier to do, and and there, we are in this transition. I mean, Lamborghini had the Aventador. Uh, Koenigsegg had a car out there. Koenigsegg had a gas-powered car with what? 12, I think it does sixteen hundred horsepower when running on ethanol, or twelve hundred or thirteen hundred on 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 gasoline. Yes, it's it's got like a oh, like man. a five liter twin turbo engine, and then they. I was reading a little bit about it where they have an air compressor on the car, and when you need extra power, the air compressor shoots a shot of air into the turbos and to spin to spool up the turbos and it it gives it it gives it uh it's a weird kind of idea like it's not it's not like a methanol injection shot or 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 nitrous shot it's it's air and i don't know if it's meant for high-end power i think it's meant to get so it's like a ram air thing sort of thing yeah kind of like a ram air but they they've simulated a ram air effect that they can do it at whatever speed whenever the engine needs it it's um i I mean it's a real transition isn't because if you want to go really fast you go electric because it's so much easier just to generate the performance for performance you still have to cool it and that sort of thing but it's yeah, it was it was an odd show because it was all electric vehicles, hypercars, and then we, you know, we were looking at well, what is there here for the consumer? And you know, Mazda CX thirty, which is a sort of smaller SUV, and right. where the real cars? Yeah, and there was a couple of Peugeots and European stuff, but it's yeah, it, it's kind of 
Geneva is really, if you want to see your Brabuses and your roof Porsches and all the crazy stuff and the Mansori, which are these horrific looking Rolls Royce yeah, combos and stuff. they're goofy looking. If you, want to, um, if you want to go and see that, Geneva's the place. But it's almost getting more extreme now. It's getting more wild and, and more expensive. It seemed like, I don't, you're right. Like I've never been and your, your guys that were there walking around, all the press came out of it like it was just a, it was just a fantasy show. It was like all just future concepts and 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 technology and and other than the Mazda that you call that, that you, yeah. you talked about. Is there any production cars at Geneva? It was just all like well, we've got these grandiose ideas and and not a lot to be honest. No, I mean a yeah. lot of uh, some some Europeans. I mean, okay, Ferrari again, Ferrari. You know, Ferrari F8 Tributo, which. Actually, if collectors listening, this this is likely to be the last ever. I mean, we had the last naturally aspirated V8 Ferrari in in the four five eight. Uh, this is probably the last non hybrid, purely gasoline Ferrari V8, which is the F8 Tributo, which which is a four eight eight. You know, Ferrari does this thing where they they launch a vehicle like they did with the um, three sixty became the four thirty. Yeah, and so they do like a halfway, which is more than a facelift, but not quite a new model. This is this is where this car is. The F8 tri- Tributo, um, and that that probably is the la- that probably it. This is the last purely gasoline V8 Ferrari. That's interesting. So a good um, if you're a collector, it's probably not a bad one to buy. Or, or wait for the wait for the Speciale or whatever they call it version. And yeah, and, and some version that. of it. Now, listen, we we like Ferraris for for at least one of the reasons has always been the sound, you know, the yeah. the exhaust tuning, the flat plane crank, and and things like that. So, whatever they decide to do, they're going to have to keep that in mind, right? They're going to do some sort of hybrid version and and part gas, part electric. They're going to have to still go with probably some kind of very cool, great-sounding, flat-plane cranked V8 or some version of it. Even if it has electrification into it, we still want to be able to to have that sound, right? It's true. I mean, for interesting, I know we've both driven it. We had a Hurricane Performante Spider in yeah. last week, and I took it up the up into the hills. And, of course, that is a V10 naturally aspirated. And it was amazing. It was like going back in time. You just hear the noise, and you realize how much that kind of visceral excitement is part of the experience. Yeah. And, and, you know, on the road, you can't go super fast anyway. So it's about that. And this is, I guess, why I bought a classic car, because it's yeah. about having that experience at very low speeds. And the Hurricane kind of serves that up because it's so noisy. And, and, and You don't and, need to go fast for that to no. go noisy. We could just drive around Beverly Hills and make a bunch of noise in that car. Exactly. Which and be, and be super obnoxious. Do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, what people do. Um, but, but, you know, and this is, this, this is a big issue. The, the Ferrari, I like the 488, but it doesn't sound as good as the 458. It just doesn't. Okay. Interesting. What do you think? What do you think is going to be the next sort of like we caught in the electric car world? You know, we've got the Teslas, we've got a couple of newcomers, we we got Jag, and I kind of like what they're doing with that. And uh, but is there going to be one that sort of takes over? Is it going to be something from Audi? Is it going to be a Taycan from from Porsche? Is is it? You know who's going to be the next sell hundred thousand units? I think what well, we're starting to see cars from you know uh, Hyundai uh, Kona uh, electric won our like editor's choice award. That's a that's a great great vehicle. So we're starting to see, and that's thirty early th- low thirties. 
So we're starting to see mainstream brands get into the market in a, in a significant way. Obviously, yeah. Nissan Leaf's been around for a while. It's now got longer-range batteries. Kia's in here with the Nero EV. So it's that mainstream market that I think will, will, will drive, the, drive the growth. And it's, it's happening super fast. I mean, we're in, if you think about within the next five years, everybody will have a range of electric cars, not just one curiosity that, that sort of sits aside to the, to the gasoline stuff. Yeah. We will see a whole range. Audi had the Q4 um, concept in Geneva, which will reach production and will be much cheaper than the, the, the e-tron. Mercedes will have more Fords coming into the market with an electric SUV. So, and they're late to the game. So everybody's getting into it. I mean, this, 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 is, this is happening. So it's difficult to see one, one vehicle. I mean, I think the Taycan will do very well, but it's difficult to see one. And this is, this is Tesla's problem. That is their brand now strong enough to everybody to say, I'm going to stick with Tesla rather than buy a Porsche or you know, Mercedes or whatever it may be. And maybe some of that comes down to reliability as well. Well, I think it's going to be important for you guys to 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 test and, and tell us about those things because one of the things that you guys do, and, and I know Dan Edmonds over there is, is a big fan of this, you guys are starting to test electric vehicles in ways that we don't necessarily think about as consumers. It's like yep. we think about range and how fast it takes to charge, but you need to start telling us, what does it cost to charge? What kind of draw is it putting on my house? Like what's what's going on? What are the, some of the other things we should consider when we're doing side-by-side comparisons? And then when we get into the world of of electric vehicles, what's going to be the vehicle or the brand or the model that that really is a game changer? It's probably not going to be something until like there's an electric F-150. Right. Well, that is coming. Um, it is coming. And yeah, and you're and then, right. What what we're measuring, starting to measure, and I actually got a meeting about this this afternoon, is electric efficiency, which is different because everybody's going to say, okay, range 250 miles, and everybody's going to settle around there as being a sensible yeah. range. So what you're next into is how efficient is my vehicle? So what's the MPG equivalent? Um, and we're starting to measure that, and that, that's a really interesting piece of work. So you're getting big, big change because you can just increase the battery size and the rate. So you just – Depend, you know, you can increase the battery size and increase the range, but if you can increase the efficiency, you don't have to carry all that weight. It's a lot cheaper, so um, it, it makes a it, it makes a big difference. One little thing to, to show you: we're doing a little thing on social social coming up about Tesla has introduced Atari arcade games into the center console. Yeah, thing. I don't know if you heard about this. And what really made me laugh: they've got. Do you remember Pole Position from the yeah. um, from the nineteen eighty? Yeah, we're both old enough. Um, from from the eighties, so this you can now play this in your in your Tesla, but it has a Model Three instead of an F one car. But they've engineered in engine noise, and it really <laughs> made me laugh. So you got this. Yeah, so yeah. even they are saying, actually, yeah, you need a bit of bit of noise. You need a bit of noise in the game. Yeah. And I think I, I think I read this morning that they're already having issues with that because of the licensing of the pole position game. They not licensed it? I don't think they did. Because <laughs> he says Atari, but actually the games are more like what you and I remember yeah. as arcade games, not. I'm um, sure they'll work it out. It was just some kind of surely some not kind running of a bit fast and loose. Surely, yeah. Um, all right, let me tell you guys a little bit about more more about Wrangler. Bill Goldberg's favorite pair of jeans. Everybody has a favorite pair of jeans. Even Bill, the pair that fits perfect and always looks great. The pair that you wear out at night, at home, on the couch, at work, wherever. They're the go-to. Do not underestimate their importance. They're good jeans. No one knows this better than Wrangler, the authority on jeans, using their expertise in comfort and durability. 
Wrangler jeans are made for the adventurers, the go-getters, folks that like to keep moving. Whether you ride a bike, a bronc, or a skateboard, if you're the type who walks the earth in search of something, these are the jeans for you, like Kane and Kung Fu. Just walk the earth in search of something. <laughs> Billy Jack. <laughs> Billy Jack. That's a good one. Yeah, he did that. Good pull, Bill. Classic or modern styles, a range of fits at a price that works for you. Vintage re-releases. Wrangler has something for everyone. Visit Wrangler.com and check out their great selection of jeans, shirts, pants, outerwear for men and women. They have new styles. They have great fits. They have uh, the vintage re-releases we talked about before. So check out Wrangler. Real comfortable jeans. Check out Wrangler.com. All right. Hey, what uh, what do you guys think about the rumors in the uh, Corvette? What's going on with that right now? Mid-engine Corvette. I think people are excited about it because no one's buying the front-engine Corvette right now. No, I mean, <laughs> if you drive the ZR1, you realize that car has just come to the end of what what's practical and sensible I, I, in, in, and in that chassis. Listen, you go to a Corvette export. Go to somebody like Ken Lingenfelter, who's the sweetest guy ever. We love that guy. He's got three of them. He loves that car so much. And I'm like, what What do you do with it? Like, your business is making these things go faster and better. Like, what do you do? And he's like, well, I'm, we'll, we'll come up with something. But yeah. but it doesn't really need a whole lot. No, you know? and it's already well, over. What, what I was talking about was the latest in that uh, they're bending frames because uh, they got 900 horsepower pushing that car right now. And that's the latest issue on the assembly line. Oh, really? I haven't heard that. Yeah. The the mid engine stuff has been. I mean, this has been. Obviously, we've seen the spy shots for years now, and yeah. it's not clear whether it's going to be a Corvette or potentially call it something else. Um, so yeah, I mean, every auto show comes around, and we're like, "Is it the one with the mid engine Corvette?" And we yeah. get all these GM invites, and it turns out to be a sort of you know mild facelift to a to a truck that to a truck or something. And uh, New York New York is coming up in April. Uh, will it be there? It may well be. So, well, here's here's a question for you too, because you, you you bring up Corvette and and. I don't know the answer to this yet, but isn't there room for a front engine and a mid-engine Corvette? Why not have a you know a more traditional Corvette and keep evolving the you know the C7 and then have your mid-engine Corvette be a maybe well, a higher that price yourself because of the lack of you know how what nine thousand of them are sitting in dealerships right now? Yes, because I think people think. That's going to be the only option, and maybe it is the only option. I don't know. What What's your take uh, on it? I, I think there's also a also people. You would think that people would go snap it up because it's the last front engine. There's a case yeah. for that, but I was about to say as a, as a collector's piece, the last you know again naturally aspirated front engine Corvette could be could be a good one to uh, to wrap up in cotton wool and, and look after. I personally think there's room for both because they're different cars, aren't they? I mean, the front end yeah. one is more of a GT, and you could take it in that direction, a fast GT, and then the mid-engine thing. I mean, let's face it, they're building that to, to go racing. So yeah. keep make that the kind of racy, the racy version. Um, yeah, I mean, what, that, that's the whole debate. Do you call the mid-engine one a Corvette? Uh, you could call it something else. Right. I mean, but you could take a Corvette and fill in that that sixty to $100,000 range, and then you can, with the front engine, then, then you can do your hundred to 130 range. Yeah. You know, with something you know mid-engine and give it sort of a different, you know, and then and where are we? We're 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 sort of like, you know, like 488 and Ferrari California. You've got two sort of, you know, 
you know, your front engine, your mid, you know, you can do maybe not quite the difference between Mustang and Ford GT because you're talking about a $50,000 car or $40,000 car and a $500,000 car, but there's, there could be something in there. There could, there's also a place for a mid-engine Corvette as like a sub, you know, you're getting McLaren 720, Ferrari 488 yeah. type performance for, in, in the traditional Corvette way for, for half the price. And, and so, yeah, 100 to 150, um, that that would make a lot of sense. It also fills a gap in sort of the American muscle car, supercar market. We're starting to see $90,000 Challengers, and we've got a ninety potentially $92,000 Shelby GT500 coming out. Yeah. You know, we've already got $100,000 ER1 Corvette. And, you know, but now where do you jump to? You've got to jump to 250000 What's in that 130 range? You know, maybe 140 range. Yeah, Aston's 911s, you know? that yeah. sort of thing. It's, right. it's, it's true. And, 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 and Aston's a, is an example, but you lose performance because it, yeah. because the Shelbys and the Dodge Challengers and the, you know, and uh, and, and the cars in the American car, the ZR1s in that space, and, the you know, they're all faster. And they're a different, it's a different proposition. And Aston, you're right, Aston's mid-engine supercar, which was debuted at, at Geneva, the, the Vanquish concept, that is going to be, you know, that's going to be more like 720, McLaren 720 money. Yeah. So, you're right. There's a big there's a big space in that market for for something which has got more performance than 911 Turbo for similar money and mm-hmm. yeah Porsche GT3 sort of thing. Interesting. All right, guys, we've got uh, uh, we got to wrap up. They're they're lining up outside to get the studio. Um, we'll uh, we'll chat more. We'll do more next week. Uh, I got a Alfa Romeo Stelvio Quattroporte. No Folio. Oh, good. Oh no, Quattroporte. Yeah, was a Maserati. I, I'm thinking Maserati oh and Alfa Romeo. Yeah, it's been a long week. So I got a hot little SUV, and they got a track hawk coming in, and I'm trying to trying to get uh, the guys. I, I by the way, Bill, I pitched the the Dodge guys. I was like, hey, take the SRT Durango and send one down to Bill's house. They're like, yeah, where does he live? And I told them, they're like, eh. <laughs> I was like, all right, let's work that out. <laughs> I drove the I drove the Power Wagon, the Ram Power Wagon, for the first time. So oh, we yeah? got a, a film coming up in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, which uh, which is the um, Power Wagon versus the Ford F-150. F-150. No, um, I'm having a complete brain fade. That's why I'm pointing at you because I want to embarrass myself. I'm not really. <laughs> the they, 250. Uh, no, the Fast F-150. The Raptor. The Raptor. Sorry. I, I, joked, I just having a complete brain <laughs> Yeah, the Raptor. That's so right. we have it's, the power. It's an early morning for us over here. I haven't had any breakfast yet. We had the Power Wagon. We're doing a, a film, Power Wagon versus Raptor. Yeah. So your friend Dan Edmonds, went, we went off-road with it, and that's a, that's a great I'm film. surprised he came back at all. Dan. <laughs> it, it, was, it was an epic shoot, apparently, because it rained, so everything just Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw, I saw his muddy photos. All right, we're going to wrap things up. Um, Before I embarrass myself any further. Well, <laughs> let's just defer to Edmunds.com. Let's see what's going on over there. And uh, most of the new stuff and your recap videos are all at Edmunds.com slash road noise. Slash road noise. That's all our latest editorial stuff. So, yeah, check out the mid-sized truck film as well. <clears throat> and, uh, and, of course, shopping. That's it is. We don't we don't talk about that enough. But if you want to buy a car, go to the dealer, test drive the ones you like, pick one out, then go to Edmunds.com and buy it. Yeah, I mean we're still working with dealers, um, and that's how it, that's how the will work. But what we do is basically take the hassle out of it. Come to us, our research will, will advise you on what to buy, and then we can guide you through the whole process. You can put in your credit history. You can start up filling all all the key information. We can get we can give you a great deal, and that's 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 why we exist basically. Love it. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. New and used. Um, all right, we're going to finish up. Bill, anything else? No, man. I uh, Next week will be a packed show with uh, 
so much car stuff. I I, I cannot wait, man. So uh, you're traveling. Bondurant, you're flying. Bondurant tomorrow uh, or, or Friday is just going to be a rip. So you're going to have a great time. To, uh, We're going to chat about it next week, and then that weekend of the 23rd, I think it is, we will be heading out to. Uh, to Pomona, I guess we're gonna we're gonna lock in some more details. Hopefully, you'll have cars out there. That'll be fun. We'll do some drag racing as well. All right, guys, thank you so much, uh, and uh, for Bill and Alistair and myself and Chris in the booth there. Until next time, keep the air in the spare in the bag in the wheel. Uh-huh. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. CarCast Show.